Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Unbothered. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Colts-Broncos game and how bad of a finish that is for the Broncos and what that means for them going forward. Then, I'm going to make some Week 5 picks as well, college football picks, and then a couple of MLB picks for tonight. Wild card starts tonight. Great show, but let's get started with the Colts-Broncos game from last night. Uh, yesterday on my podcast, I talked a little about Tom Brady, and when he asked, was asked about the parody of football, he just chalked it up to, he's seen a lot of bad football being played, uh, just poor quality of football, and my gosh, was Tom ever right, especially when it came to last night's game. Last night was about as poor quality of football you can get. Yes, you can chalk it up to good defense. Both these defenses were good, but it was really bad offense. It was bad football. It was it was painful to watch. Uh, Al Michaels, uh, the one of the commentators for the Prime Video, uh, he didn't seem thrilled to be calling this game. He said this was bad football. Kirk Herbstreet even said this feels like the first month. Feels like preseason. You know, there's still you know teams are still gelling, which I mentioned yesterday in my podcast that. You're still jockeying for position. That's why you see a lot of two and two teams uh, because you're still figuring things out. And isn't it funny that that is what preseason is for? That's what preseason is for. And what did I say about preseason? Preseason matters. Uh, I did a podcast a few weeks ago talking about preseason. And the teams that took preseason seriously, like the Buffalo Bills, they look really good right now. The Kansas City Chiefs, they took preseason seriously. They look good. The Jacksonville Jaguars took preseason seriously, and they are doing better than a lot of people expected. Detroit took the preseason seriously, and they have the best offense in the NFL. Uh, so that's what I learned. The teams that don't take preseason seriously don't look that good. Uh, the Rams, uh, the Broncos, uh the Packers, teams like those aren't taking it seriously. And that's what we see. We see poor football still being played. Uh, hopefully, this is the last really poor quality football game that we have to watch because it was bad. Uh, yesterday was one of those games that you wish was on a 1 o'clock on Sunday just so that you can change the channel to a different team because there's eight games on or so, but being subjected to that last night was rough. It was rough. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Colts beat the Broncos. Yes, I picked the Broncos. I thought they could get a home win in primetime. No Jonathan Taylor. I like both these defenses, but you were taking such a big piece of the indie offense away that I thought the Broncos could pull away. And was I wrong about that one? Uh, they could not pull away. At all, uh, I'm just gonna start with the Broncos because this was this was terrible. Broncos, terrible uh, Broncos all around. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, head coach, looks terrible. Uh, he should drop the it from his name because he's just a hack. He's coach hack from now on. Uh, he's he can't call plays. He can't manage the game. Uh, You've got a third and four. 
All you have to do is run the football, take it to the two-minute warning, kick a field goal, and then you're up 12-6. Your defense hasn't allowed a touchdown all night. You basically won the game. But what do you do? You call a pass call on third and four. And Melvin Gordon was getting two, three yards that drive. So if you get it to fourth and two, maybe after the two-minute warning, that's more of a discussion. But to throw it on third on third, third and four to one of the best corners in the game, top ten corners still, I believe, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and it was such a bad throw by Russell Wilson uh, that he was able to undercut it and intercept it. Or Richard Sherman obviously had flashbacks there, tweeted it. So that was a terrible play call by head coach Hack and Russell Wilson with a terrible throw. Uh, and then in overtime, Coach Hack continued to make poor uh, decision. Fourth and one, you need a field goal to tie the game, and there's still three minutes left. you got timeouts. You could stop them, try to get another field goal. But what do you do in fourth and one? You throw another pass, and Russell Wilson didn't learn his lesson because he tried Stephon Gilmore again, and it didn't work out. Uh, Stephon Gilmore broke the pass up. He had a wide-open K.J. Hamler. And didn't look at him. KJ Hamler slammed his helmet on the ground after the loss because he knew he was wide open. But again, poor decision on Russell Wilson's part and terrible play call by Coach Hack. So he is done. Uh, Hackett, Coach Hack, it's time for him to be done. They need to fire him uh, ASAP. You can't get rid of Russell Wilson because of his mega contract that's uh, unmovable, but you can get rid of Hackett, and he needs to go ASAP. Uh, he needs to get out of there. He doesn't know how to, you know, manage plays, call a game, clock management, anything like that. He doesn't know how to do. And I mentioned this in one of my previous podcasts. Uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, got a glowing recommendation by uh, Aaron Rodgers, but I was kind of weary because why didn't Aaron Rodgers follow Nathaniel Hackett? He could have easily have followed Nathaniel Hackett. But Aaron Rodgers uh, is a very intelligent person. So there's a reason why he didn't follow him there. Because he knew he was better off in Green Bay. Even if Matt LaFleur isn't the greatest coach, he knew better than to follow Nathaniel Hackett all the way there to Denver. Because look at their offense. It looks bad. And Nathaniel Hackett as well. Never played called play calls in Green Bay. So he is really thrusted into the fire. And the fire has consumed him. It's consumed him. He's done. The season's over for Denver. Uh, it shot their offense through five games. Still looks terrible. There's not one thing uh, you can look at each week to improve on. The whole thing's a mess. The offense is shambles. Uh, and it's just been evident. It's been stagnant for the past five games, and there's really no way out of this. So Coach Hack, he's got to go. they got to kick it, kick him off the curb because he's played terrible. He's coached terrible. It's time to get off uh, this ride. The catchphrase that the Broncos have been saying is Broncos country, let's ride. Well, this ride has been terrible. It's time to get off the ride uh, five games through. Uh, this ride's no fun. It's torturous. It's one of those spinny rides where you throw up. Uh, and that's what this ride is. It's not good. Russell Wilson, 
hasn't been good. Maybe he had one of his danger witches last night, and maybe it was just a little too spicy. Uh, he just couldn't handle it because last night, again, he was bad. Uh, QBR of 15, passer rating of 54, was terrible. Two interceptions as well. Both of them were bad. One of them was just a heave down there on the opposite side of midfield. Nobody there. Bad interception. Then the Stephon Gilmore, he constantly made bad decisions last night. It's not like Matt Ryan outplayed him. He was just as bad. QBR of 20, passer rating of 60, still through two interceptions. They were both bad. The run games both uh, averaged around four yards per carry. Um, both had over you know 25 carries, 100-plus yards, uh, but both quarterbacks were in F. The defenses uh, made big plays, but on offense, it was bad. Uh, Broncos had 375 total yards. Uh, Colts had 306, but it was just an ugly game all around. Colts 0 for 2 in the red zone. Broncos 0 for 4. McManus also had a block kick. It was just an ugly game all around, and of course they had to go into overtime. But this game was just so bad. This is one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. Uh, I'll give credit to the Colts because this was my pick to win the AFC South, and now because of this, they are still in the thick of it in the AFC South. Do they look great? But hey, they beat the Chiefs somehow. They beat the Broncos. Uh, They're still in there. Uh, They still have a game coming up against the Jaguars and Titans. And basically, their uh, schedule outside of that, uh, you know, is so-so. So they have two big divisional games coming up right now. To me, those are both both must-wins for the Colts. Uh, they've lost to both those teams already, lost to the Titans, lost to the Jags. Uh, now they get the Jags at home, then they get away at the Titans. But those are two must-win games for the Colts if they want any shot of winning this division. Two big games there. Then for the Broncos, uh, next we do have to see them in primetime again. In primetime again, sadly, next week uh, they play the Chargers Monday night. But the way these Broncos are playing, they're bad. Uh, they're going to get walloped right out of the building. And now there's games where I thought, hey, those are winnable games. Nothing on their schedule looks winnable. Uh, the Jets look just as good as the Broncos the following week. Then they play the Jags in London, and the Jags look much better than the Broncos. So the schedule does not ease up for the Broncos. They have to find a way to win and find a way fast, and I don't know if that's possible. With Coach Hack as your head coach and Russell Wilson uh, looking like he forgot to play football. So with those two things combined, we'll want to be worst offenses. Uh, it's not going to get much easier for the Denver Broncos, but things look much better for the Colts, even though they never played particularly well this game at all. Now moving on to the rest of Week 5. I'm going to start off in London. you got the New York Giants and the Green Bay Packers. This is the Packers' first time in London. And somehow this is the first game in London where both teams enter with a running with a winning record. So this is going to be interesting uh, to watch. The Giants have a better turnover differential, plus one. Packers minus three. They've only forced one turnover. It was a Jair Alexander uh, interception. 
but I do think this game is going to be good. We just saw last week the Patriots were able to run the ball particularly well against this Green Bay Packer defense. I expect the Giants to do sort of the same thing, uh, run the ball with Saquon Barkley. He's been an absolute beast uh, so far. This year, like I said, New England allowed uh, the Packers allowed New England 5.1 yards per carry. A Barkley, much more dangerous runner than Damian Harris from Myra Stevenson. So I think the Giants do have a game plan to keep this close. I am going to pick the Packers. I'm not in love with the Packers. They're an eight-point favorite, uh, but I don't really see them covering that because of the New York Giants' run game. And the Giants are 3-1. and one. They've played efficient football. They've kept every game close. Their defense is much better than it has been in the past. And then Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, still not in sync. Him and Romeo Dobbs have definitely gotten better. Uh, their chemistry, their timing, the defense is good, but this is still a Packers team uh, with some holes. Who knows who's playing? Sammy Watkins is on injured reserve, so he won't play. Adrian Amos has a concussion. Who knows if they'll be cautious with him? Jair Alexander uh, missed the Patriots game with a groin injury. He still hasn't practiced. So, again, injuries for the Packers. I expect this game to be close there in London. Anything can happen when you're overseas playing football. But I do think Green Bay edges this one out, gets another ugly win uh, versus the opponent in the New York Giants. Now I'll move to Sunday night because this, to me, is the best game this week, and I'm happy that it's prime time, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. You got two young, great quarterbacks going at it, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow has definitely had the Baltimore's defense number last year. Uh, threw for 500 yards once, threw for high 400s the other game, uh, like almost combined a thousand yards in two games against the Ravens. And I expect that to keep up because the Ravens do have the worst pass defense in the league. Uh, it's bad. Uh, they rank dead last in terms of passing yards allowed per game at 315. If you remember, the Miami Dolphins uh, lift them up with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. You know, similar style of receivers here. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Hurst was there making plays against the Dolphins. So I think this Bengals team is going to put up points, put up a ton of yards on this Baltimore secondary, which frankly is not good. This entire defense really hasn't been good. I expect Joe Mixon to sort of get it going. But if Baltimore has any chance of winning, it's going to have to be in a shootout. It's going to have to be with Lamar Jackson's arm. And Lamar Jackson, as I've given him props, has played tremendous this year, has played out of his mind, is in the thick of the MVP conversation a quarter of the way through the season. But I'm still picking the Bengals to win this game. I like Joe Burrow as a passer, his accuracy more than Lamar Jackson. And if this game is close, and I don't think it'll be, I think Cincinnati wins comfortably. But if it's close somehow, I expect John Harbaugh to make a crappy coaching decision like he has shown to make in the past that will give Cincinnati the win. He continually makes bad decisions 
to the detriment of his team, and he doesn't take ownership of it. He says, it's based on analytics, so I do it again. Uh, okay, well, shouldn't the analytics, analytics refactor in that you kind of suck at these plays, John? That you just suck. Can we call it that? You suck? Uh, last week, you know, fourth and goal, kick the field goal, but instead you let Lamar go for it on fourth and goal, he throws an interception, you cost your team the game against the Dolphins. You went for it twice on fourth down in the fourth quarter. Could have punted it, give him a longer field goal. You have Justin Tucker try a kick, but no, what do you do? You go for it on fourth down, and you get stopped both times. You lose the game. So that's two losses strictly on the head coach there, John Harbaugh. And then if you just look at last year, the last six games, he basically lost uh, five of them on two-point conversions. Bad calls didn't get any of the two points. All bad calls by... John Harbaugh. So if this game gets close again, it gets dicey, and John Harbaugh's in a situation to make a tough decision, I'm going to trust him to make the wrong decision, because that's what he's shown this year. That's what he's shown in the past. He'll make the wrong decision. Uh, Hey, and maybe he's doing this on purpose. Maybe he's doing it to really help out the owners and say, hey, maybe Lamar doesn't deserve that money when he's throwing an interception down in the red zone. I don't know. That's just pure speculation. I don't believe that. But I just think John Harbaugh uh, is over the hump, is a head coach. He's on the decline now. I think Greg Roman, what he's done with the Baltimore offense is great. Uh, Mike McDonald is not short up the defense. And when you need play calls by John Harbaugh, he continually makes the wrong ones. Whereas Cincinnati, they're gelling on the offensive line. They're getting better. Jamar Chase is frustrated by double teams, but that is allowing T. Higgins uh, to eat. So if they're going to double team, Jamar Chase this weekend. Uh, I expect T. Higgins again to have a big day. I expect this defense to get torched again by Joe Burrow, and I expect Cincinnati to come out and win this game. Now moving on, rest of the slate, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Last year, Buffalo somehow lost to Pittsburgh off a block punt into the game, touchdown, uh, weird things happening. Uh, but here we have Pittsburgh, big underdog to Buffalo, 14-point uh, dogs. Kenny Pickett, first career NFL start, going up to Buffalo, Orchard Park, to face the great Buffalo Bills. I'm giving Pittsburgh little to no chance. Uh, I don't think they win this game. I'm definitely going with Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to expose Pittsburgh just because Pittsburgh doesn't have the offensive firepower. I think Minka Fitzpatrick has been great, uh, but like I said, they're 0-7 without T.J. Watt, so they're not winning uh, this game uh, without him to get pressure on Josh Allen. So I expect Josh Allen to carve up the Pittsburgh defense. And then on the other side, uh, Mike Tomlin calls Von Miller an alien. He's from another planet, and Von Miller will get after Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett will have a good game. But it's just this offense in general. Offensive line's not good. Kenny Pickett will be running for his life uh, trying to uh, make plays happen. I think he will, but I also think he'll turn a football over, in, you know, which will probably be his hardest test of the year against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm rolling uh, with the Buffalo Bills. And this one to win, win big, I got Buffalo. Next, L.A. Chargers. Cleveland Browns. 
This is an interesting one. Chargers are only two and a half point favorites. Uh, again, the Chargers haven't looked relatively great. Injury bug has definitely got them. Uh, but again, they haven't looked impressive since that Jalen Watson pick six, which kind of took the sails out of this offense. And Justin Herbert's dealing with a rib injury. Absolutely got shellacked by the Jaguars. And then last week against the Texans, they had a comfortable lead. They let the Texans come back, get close, and then the Chargers kind of pulled away again. And I expect this to be a close game just because the Chargers' rush defense doesn't look that improved like I thought they would. And the Browns are one of the best rushing teams in the league. Nick Chubb is second in rushing yards. So I expect Cleveland to have a heavy dose of that. It's just going to be on Jacoby Brissett to make a play here or there. I do think this is going to be very close. I'm tempted to pick the Cleveland Browns just because, uh, like I said, with Nick Chubb, but the Browns have shown an inefficiency to really close out games uh, so far. Last week against the Falcons, they couldn't do it. Against the Jets, they couldn't do it. No Miles Garrett. Uh, I think that hurts their pass rush, definitely getting after Justin Herbert. So with that being said, I think Justin Herbert will find a way to win this game. I think they got to have to just stay in it with the Kansas City Chiefs in the division, who obviously look spectacular so far. But I am picking the Chargers uh, to win a narrow game against the Cleveland Browns this weekend. Chicago and Minnesota. Here we go. The Chicago Bears, their terrible offense, going up against the Minnesota Vikings. And can you believe this? Can you believe that Kirk Cousins, you know, every team has played four games, but Kirk Cousins has thrown the ball 90 more times than Justin Fields. 90 more times. And with that being said, because he's thrown the ball 94 times, he has completed 65 more passes than Justin Fields. Uh, The Chicago Bears have not unleashed Justin Fields. They are running the football. The offense looks old, looks dated. Doesn't look good. Again, they're 2-2. Two and two. But one of their wins to me is really fluky, which was a 49ers uh, rain game there that they won. So the Bears haven't looked impressive. The defense hasn't looked particularly impressive either. So I expect Minnesota to win this game against the Chicago Bears. It's, you know, a division game. It's a rivalry. But I just I expect Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson – to all have great games against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago Bears have really found nothing going for them. Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Last week they had Khalil Herbert uh, have a good game. But outside of their uh, running game for the Chicago Bears, again, this offense is rather putrid. Uh, It's inefficient. And that's why they are one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They're second to last in terms of yards per game. They don't score a ton of points, 16, lowest scoring point total in the league. So, again, this offense, it's bad. It can't really do anything right. And I expect that to continue. And I expect the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Chicago Bears. Next, the New England Patriots 
going up against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, number one offense, number 32 defense. How great is that? Patriots, though, are 1-3, and three, and their offense, middle of the pack, 18. Their defense, also middle of the pack, 19. So how are we in a fair here, Detroit Lions? Uh, I'm just worried about this defense because uh, even though the Patriots defense is middle of the pack, to me they look closer to, like, the Rams, or my bad, the 49ers defense in terms of greatness than they do the Detroit Lions in terms of just being terrible. Uh, But to me, I love the New England offense. Last week, they were able to withstand the injuries of um, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and put up a ton of points. Again, this week, it doesn't look like DeAndre Swift or Amon Ross St. Brown will be playing. That hurts the Detroit Lions, especially against a better defense than what they faced with the Seattle Seahawks. I think Detroit's going to score some points. They have a great offense. They're going to put up some yards. But after watching how bad throughout the season this Lions defense in, uh, I can't in good faith pick the Lions this weekend. Uh, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Bailey Zappi does look better than Brian Hoyer. He almost got the win in Lambeau against Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going with Bailey Zappi at home against the Detroit Lions. Don't like it. I'm rooting for Jared Goff, who's been just insane this year. Uh, third in passing yards, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been fantastic. TJ Hawkinson. Resurgence game last week. This offense, I'm not worried about Jamal Williams, but it's just its defense. Patriots were able to run the ball effectively against the better Packers defense last week. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, the team averaging 5.1 yards per carry. I expect New England to have a heavy dose of a run game. And what I saw last week from the Lions, Rashad Penny eat up the Lions defense. That's third and five in. You know, he bust through for a touchdown for 10, 15 yards. I expect the same thing with the Patriots offense. So I think the Lions are going to lose yet another heartbreaking game to the New England Patriots. Uh, and this whole season could be, you know, what if we had a good defense last year? It was what if we won these close games? We're going to have a lot of close games this year. But the main culprit is going to be that defense which is terrible. I hope they shore it up, but so far, the Detroit defense looks inept to stop anything at this moment. Uh, so, New England going to win a close one. Don't want to see it, but New England's also wearing their vintage red throwback Pat uniform, which we haven't worn in a decade, so that might also help them out a bit. Seattle at New Orleans. Uh, Saints, you know, have turned the ball over a lot. Who knows uh, who will be playing this week? Uh, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. I thought Andy Dalton was fine last week in relief for Jameis Winston. Uh, They're able to give a ball downfield to Chris Olave and their weapons. Uh, Mark Ingram and play with Alvin Kamara. Obviously, Alvin Kamara would be nice to have back. Uh, He's essential uh, for this offense to really open things up in the run game, in the short and intermediate passing game. 
And Gino, to me, his numbers have been inflated uh, so far, especially last week after that Alliance game that was severely, severely inflated. He's going up against a much stiffer a defense this week than he faced last week. It's in New Orleans. I expect the New Orleans defense to get after Geno. Last year, I saw Geno, Monday night game, play the Saints. It was in Lumen Field, home game for Seattle. And aside from a 75-yard DK Metcalf touchdown, uh, it didn't look good for Geno Smith. Big matchup here, Marshawn Lattimore, DK Metcalf. Those two two got into it last year. I expect them to get into it this year. But I expect the New Orleans Saints uh, to stop the Seattle offense, uh, right their own ship, per se, because uh, I don't think Geno Smith is the answer. Some people are talking about Geno Smith, the QB1, looking better right now than Russell Wilson. And that's fine. You can parade that all you want. Uh, but I don't think that's going to hold up till the end of the year. Uh, the style of play that Seattle's playing, I think New Orleans gets the win this week. Miami and the New York Jets. No Tua Tagovailoa. Teddy Bridgewater comes in. And I expect Teddy Bridgewater to have a decent game. I think he can come in relief and win. He looked good last week. A couple of you know bad plays really cost him the game. But now he's going to really be getting first-team practice reps. He did this past week. So I think he'll be more comfortable going into this matchup with the Jets. Tyree Hill is so far my offensive player of the year. He's been phenomenal, leading the league in receiving yards, yards after catch. He's been great. Jalen Waddell, uh, dealing with a bit of an injury, but he's had the extra day off because of the last Thursday night game. So they kind of got a mini buy, so they could be more healthy there. Raheem Moster looks like he's going to be the lead back. That's encouraging as well for the Miami Dolphins. This offense looks good. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but their weakness right now is their pass defense, which has Xavier Howard by Jones, but Xavier Howard is dealing with a knee injury. Hamstring right now. He's questionable. Who knows if he'll play this weekend. If he does, obviously, that's a help, but he is limited with that injury. But I don't expect the Jets to come out and beat Miami. I think Miami's offense is too explosive, even with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, like I saw last week, Teddy Bridgewater can throw a five-yard, you know, bubble pass uh, to Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek will just zoom past defenders for a first down. Uh, to me, Tyreek in space, automatic first down. He's just that good. He's that explosive. He just has such, you know, quick cuts uh, in his moves and jukes. It's, it's on another level right now. But what he's doing, he enjoys being in Miami. Now he's going up against the Jets. Uh, who is another team in on the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes. It was the Dolphins or the Jets. He chose the Jets or the Dolphins hilariously, like he said uh, that in a previous podcast, that he chose the Dolphins because of no state taxes. He had to make a grown-up decision, but I think he was always going down to Miami when you look at the two rosters. Uh, Tyreek has just been phenomenal with this team. This Dolphins offense has been really, uh, really explosive. So I expect them uh, to keep that up and beat uh, the New York Jets. Then we get the Atlanta 
Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady, 9-0 and against Atlanta in his career, hasn't lost a game, but they are on a two-game home skid. They've lost back-to-back home games, which is never a good thing. Uh, but they're at home again. They do get the Falcons. Like I said, Tom Brady has never lost to them. The Buccaneers this past two years have gotten the better of the Falcons. And I expect that to continue. Tom Brady, little, you know, shoulder injury. He looks fine. Uh, and when he finished out the rest of the Chiefs game, he's obviously uh, going to play good this weekend. Uh, it's nice to see Chris Godwin not have an injury label on him this week. Mike Evans, they'll be fully ready to go. And we saw that offense hop, operate at high efficiency with both Godwin and Mike Evans in the game. So I expect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get their first home win uh, this weekend against the Falcons. But one thing I do want to see from a Bucks defense is a stout effort. The Bucks defense was looking really good until that Chiefs game. But I want to see the Bucks defense start strong and start strong early. Uh, they like to get behind and then they clamp up. I want to see them clamp up from, you know, minute one all the way down till the end of the game. Uh, Atlanta has shown resiliency. They've shown a way to win games. They've won two in a row somehow. Uh, and they're two plays away from being 4-0. So, you know, this team is also underrated. Uh, so to me, the Tampa Bay should not just take this as a layup. In my head, I'm viewing it as a layup. But I don't want this defense to let Marcus Mariota, Drake London, get it going. I want them to snuff out any Atlanta Falcons uh, offense and just shut it down. I want this to be a dominant effort for Tampa Bay. I expect it to be a great day for their offense. But now with question marks about their defense arise, and I hope they answer those questions against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going with Tom Brady and the uh, Bucks uh, to cover and win this game by 10-plus points. Tennessee, Washington. I'm going with Tennessee here. Uh, Derrick Henry coming off one of his best games of the year. Uh, they get him going. Robert Woods getting more involved in this offense. Tennessee offense has definitely... Picked it up after an 0-2 start. They are looking better, and they face the Washington Commanders. Carson Wentz, who's thrown five interceptions so far this year. He's got been sacked a lot, even though this Tennessee Titans pass rush is not as good as it was last year. This Washington offensive line is trash. Uh, Carson Wentz is not good. So I expect Ryan Tannehill, his offense, to get it going against this Commanders team. I expect... Uh, Traylon Burks to also get it going. Uh, and then Washington has their receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. So I do expect Washington to keep it close uh, first half, maybe even into the third quarter. But I do think Tennessee will pull away. It's going to be a steady dose of Derrick Henry, and it's just going to be the Washington commander's defense. Are they going to want to tackle Derrick Henry? Are they going to do the arm tackle thing? Because Derrick Henry is going to run this team down. He's going to run it on them and run it up. And I expect Tennessee, Derrick Henry, to have a big game, beat Washington this weekend. Then we get Houston and Jacksonville. 
and I'm picking Jacksonville to beat uh, Texans. History is not on Jacksonville's side, as the Texans have beat the Jags the past eight times. So that is not something, uh, you know, I like to see when I'm picking against a team. Uh, yes, streaks are meant to be broken, but sometimes they're there for a reason. It's like we see the Rams and the uh, 49ers in the regular season. It's like the Jags and the Colts in Jacksonville. Uh, sometimes it gets scary. Texans haven't been great, but they haven't been terrible. They tied with the Colts and have had three straight losses, but those losses have been relatively close, uh, whereas Jacksonville just looked, you know, bad. They opened out the great out the gate great last week against Philly, uh, but then Trevor Lawrence's turnovers really cost the Jags this game. I do expect the Jags to bounce back, break this eight-game uh, losing streak against the Texans. I don't think it's going to be pretty. It's pretty. It's a divisional game. Texans play the Jags tough. It'll be a close one. But in the end, I expect Trevor Lawrence to make a play that Davis Mills can't. James Robinson to get the ball. So I like the Jags offense. I like what Doug Peterson is doing. Devin Lloyd is defensive rookie of the year to me. I expect him to make some plays. I expect Jacksonville to break the streak and win this game this weekend. Then we get San Francisco, Carolina, and to me, what looks like the best defense through five games in the 49ers play the worst offense in the NFL, led by Baker Mayfield. And I expect Baker Mayfield to play terrible yet again. He's been awful this year, and the San Francisco defense has been chopping everybody up so far, and I expect that to happen. Again, I think Nick Bosa is going to be all in on Baker Mayfield. And we get a little college rivalry right here. Remember 2017, Baker Mayfield planted the Oklahoma flag in the middle of the Ohio State field, the Ohio State logo. That team was led by Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa has that engraved in his mind two years ago uh, when Baker was in Cleveland. Nick Bosa had a great performance against the Browns. Zach Baker Mayfield a ton. The Niners dominated. He did the little flag plant celebration sack on Baker. And I think this is one Nick Bosa will still remember and like to get again on Baker. Nick Bosa has been defensive player of the year so far. Uh, Leads the league in sacks, six sacks, 30 pressures. He's been out of this world. I think he's going to get after Baker as well. I expect the 49ers defense to just dominate this Carolina offense. And Jimmy G, cool, calm, collected. He'll get the ball out to Debo Samuel. Hopefully George Kittle gets targeted a bit bit more. And then Jeff Wilson, also their power running game. Uh, You just plug running backs in there. They make it work. Uh, Down offensive lineman, still looks like the same offense they roll out. I expect 49ers to win this game behind just a really dominant defensive effort. And then the offense doesn't turn a ball over, just makes play after play. I expect the Niners to win. Then we have Dallas and the Rams. And to me, this might be closer than expected. I'm going to pick the Rams 
but I am nervous because the Rams' offensive line has been terrible, and the Cowboys' defense is tremendous. Micah Parsons is great. Uh, Trevon Diggs is, to me, taking up taking it up a step this year, not getting you know blown by in coverage, which is good to see. But it's really more about this Rams' offense that look, looks inefficient. Yes, they can't block uh, Matthew Stafford, can't pass protect up there. They can't run the ball either. Their leading rusher is Daryl Henderson, and he only has 138 yards on the year. Uh, he's not been good. Uh, outside of Cooper Cup, this wide receiver group has been ineffective, can't get going, can't get open. Matthew Stafford doesn't trust him. Allen Robinson, non-existent. So it's Cooper Cup deficient. So the matchup here, it's going to be Trevon Diggs, Cooper Cup. It's going to be can the Dallas Cowboys slow down Cooper Cup and get to Matthew Stafford. And if they do those two things, if they slow down that connection, if Micah Parsons is sitting in Matthew Stafford's lap all uh, game, I see the Dallas Cowboys winning this game because with Cooper Rush, the offense operates efficiently. They don't turn the ball over. And I see the Cowboys winning this game. But it's just how long is Cooper Rush going to keep this going? Is this a week he has a bad week? Do the Rams bounce back on offense? Uh, do they make plays? Does the defense for the Rams make plays? Does Aaron Donald, you know, make his name known? Because we haven't talked a lot about Aaron Donald this year. Yes, he eats a ton of double teams, double team on defense more than anyone else. But it's Aaron Donald. You're going to have to make your name known so far this year. So it's going to be a close one. But I am picking the Rams. This is what I'm nervous about. Because it is in L.A., not a lot of Rams fans there. Expecting a lot, a lot of Cowboys there at SoFi. Rams will move to a silent count. Matthew Stafford doesn't work well on that. Uh, this game is going to be another uh, fun game to watch there. Uh, I might be picking Dallas in this one. Uh, this is a game-time call. I'm rolling with L.A. right now. But this is one I might toss up and switch. Then now, if you're looking at my upset of a week, it's this game right here, last game of the week five, Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm rolling with the Cardinals. Yes, like I said before, sometimes the uniform uh, does have some impact on my decision. Uh, Cardinals going with the all-black look this week, the alternate uniforms, the alternate helmet. So that definitely has influenced my points just a bit. But to me, this is the best team the Eagles are facing uh, so far in terms of both offense and defense, and that it's a, it's a hostile road environment. Uh, the Eagles haven't gone into an environment like this. I expect this game uh, to be good. I expect Jalen Hurts to be good, Miles Sanders. But, you know, Kyler Murray, he played against Jalen Hurts in college. He knows uh, Jalen Hurts well. I think this is a big game for the Cardinals uh, this year. They definitely have started slow, slower than they have in the past. Uh, but I do think the Cardinals will win this game. I think as a thrower, Kyler Murray is better. Uh, James Conner comes back more healthy this week. That helps. 
And then Marquise Brown on offense, he's definitely started to get it going, and he's starting to click more with Kyler Murray, taking those shots down the field, uh, which helped out. So his offense is slowly getting better, uh, which is great because if it's gelling now in time for DeAndre Hopkins to come back, then that really helps this team just open up a new dynamic. So I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Eagles have to lose sometime, uh, have to get upset sometime, because if I look at the Eagles' schedule outside of this week, uh, they've got a lot of winnable games coming up. Next week against the Cowboys, it's winnable. It's in Philly. Then they play the Steelers, the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts, uh, all the way up to November 27th, which they play the Packers in uh, Sunday night. And I don't expect the Eagles to start 10-0. and So this loss here to the Cardinals will kind of set start to set things right just a bit. I'm rolling with the Cardinals. And then Monday night, Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this Kansas City Chiefs defense is not really that good. The Bucks had to abandon the run game last week. They were able to pass the ball and move the ball well. Uh, Derek Carr is going to have to do that with Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs has looked good this year, uh, but it's going to be on Derek Carr. Are you going to turn the ball over or not, Derek? Are you going to play good throughout the whole game? Or are you going to have lapses where you look like you're playing JV again. So that's the question there. Whereas Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey have looked out of this world so far. Uh, Chris Jones has been good, but again, this pass defense hasn't been great. But then again, the Las Vegas pass defense has not been good. It's been the Max Crosby show so far. I expect this game to be close. I'm not picking a game yet, this game yet, till Monday night because I expect it to be close. Uh, closer than it has been in the past where, you know, last year we just saw the Chiefs blow out the Raiders both times. Travis Kelsey getting a swagger back. I don't expect it to be that dominant of an effort against the Raiders on Monday night. I expect it to be a tight game uh, then and there. Now let's move on to college football. First game I'm picking, Texas. Oklahoma, I'm picking Texas. Oklahoma is sliding two bad losses in a row, Kansas State and TCU. They look inept. Uh, Texas, yes, had a bad loss to Texas Tech, but they do get their quarterback back this week, Quinn Ewers. Texas has just been, I think, the better team overall. This is a big rivalry, uh, but with Texas getting their quarterback and Oklahoma's defense just looking just bad. Uh, it looks terrible. Oklahoma's defense. I expect Texas to win this game. Game day. TCU and Kansas. Both teams undefeated. But I do think TCU has faced a tougher opposition off a big win against Oklahoma. This is Kansas's first game day. And to me, Kansas, are they real or not? This is a game that's going to show me if they're real. I don't think they are. I think it's just a nice story through five, six games. I expect TCU uh, to beat Kansas. Then Tennessee, LSU, and I'm going with the upset here. I'm going with LSU uh, just because LSU has kind of picked it up. You know, their last game against Florida State, they could have won. They made that extra point. And since then, they've looked really good. Uh, They blew the brakes off Mississippi State. 
New Mexico. Then they went down to Auburn, which is a tough place to play. And LSU got a four straight win. They could easily uh, be 5-0. and And Tennessee is undefeated. Uh, yes, they're 4-0. They just had their bye week, early bye week. But Tennessee needed, you know, Florida to just kind of cough it up to them. And then, you know, same thing with Pitt. So I do think LSU upsets Tennessee this weekend. We see that upset. Utah-UCLA. UCLA undefeated, coming off against a big win in Washington. This is a big Pac-12 showdown. Uh, Chip Kelly has gotten his team. Zach Charbonnet, the transfer from Michigan, has made an impact there with their running game. But I do expect Utah to win this. To me, they run the Pac-12 until shown otherwise. I expect them uh, to beat UCLA. North Carolina and Miami. A lot of people were high on Miami this year. Mario Cristobal going down there. Josh Gaddis. Well, it looked like Josh Gaddis should have stayed in Michigan uh, because North Carolina still looks better than Miami, and North Carolina will win this weekend. Western Kentucky and UTSA. I'm going with UTSA. They're just a fiery, feisty team, and I think UTSA will top the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Kansas State, Iowa State. I'm going with Kansas State. Uh, Again, big win over Oklahoma a few weeks ago. They've been more solid. I like Kansas State uh, to beat Iowa State this week. Washington State, USC. Here we go. This is another big Pac-12 showdown. Washington State is 4-1. They're playing good. And to me, it's just weird. Uh, You know, Washington State has beat uh, Wisconsin. They came within three points of beating Oregon. So very good team, but here's USC, another tough game. They get at home uh, now against Washington State. And to me, this is that eerie trap game you have because they have Utah at Utah next week. I don't think USC is going to be ready for that next week. Are they looking ahead? I think Washington State is a good team. They're 13-point dogs. I expect Washington State to cover and upset USC. I think Washington State has a good defense. I think Cameron Ward at quarterback is good. He's not Caleb Williams level, but he has thrown more touchdowns and yards than Caleb Williams. So you have that at your disposal. I take that as you will. But I do expect the Cougs to come out upset USC. And then BYU, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm picking Notre Dame to win this one. Again, Notre Dame coming off their bye week. But after a bad start to the season, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, that was a close game. But then just a bad upset to Marshall. Uh, They've really bounced back. Good win against California. uh, And then dominated North Carolina. Here they get BYU. Uh, BYU is hoping to be that group of five team uh, that makes it there. But don't count out Notre Dame yet. I've got Notre Dame winning this one. And it tells you something that BYU is 16, they're 4 and 1, Notre Dame's 2 and 2. But Notre Dame's 3.5 point favorites. Uh, I'm rolling with Notre Dame. And then Florida State, North Carolina. Florida State uh, and North Carolina State. Uh, North Carolina State, tough loss to Clemson. Was never really in it in the second half, which is surprising considering we played a great first half. Uh, Florida State. 
uh, lost to Wake Forest last week. So two teams coming off a loss. Who's going to rebound, get their season back on track, hopefully stay in ACC contention? I think it's going to be North Carolina State at home. The Wolfpack get it done with their defense, and they win this game. Now moving on to baseball, let's wrap it up. Wild card games start today. Rays Guardians currently underway. I'm going with the Rays 0-0 right now in the game, bottom of the first inning. But again, I think the Rays to win this series. I think the Rays will win this game. They got their ace, uh, McClanahan, out there. Then Phillies Cardinals. Again, Phillies have better rotation, but I like the Cardinals uh, hitting. I don't think Albert Pujols will go out in the first round either. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's been good. Um, the Cardinals, more solid team. Of course, I'm picking them. Mariners, Blue Jays. Uh, Toronto has their ace up there, Alec uh, Manoa, going up against Seattle's ace that they acquired at the trade deadline, Luis Castillo. This is going to be a great game to meet two teams that hit a lot of home runs. The Blue Jays were second in runs in the AL this year, right behind the Yankees. I expect Blue Jays to go in there, tough to play, up in Toronto. George Springer expects a raucous environment. I'm getting going with Toronto. And then the Padres-Mets. I'm taking the Mets. A lot of people have Padres as underdogs in the series, taking them to win. But I don't think so. Matt Scherzer, dominant postseason pitcher. Uh, I think he'll get that win tonight. That just sets the New York Mets up for success. Because if you get this win tonight, it really takes the pressure off you where you don't have to win two in a row. So who knows, you know, if you win tonight, you look good. Who knows if you even start Jacob DeGrom, or do you rest him to potentially have him two games against the Dodgers? So, of course, Buck Showalter factoring all that in. But I like the Mets tonight with Max Scherzer on the mound. So this has been Unbothered. Next week, I'll be off, but I'll return the following week. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.